morning, everyone. Uh, as Richard has said, we're, we're starting a brand new series. But just before I introduce it, uh, a few of you have expressed a certain level of disappointment that we didn't quite finish the Moses story, uh, that we left him at Sinai, we left him in Exodus 19, and therefore we didn't deal with the latter part of his life nor his final days. So I'm pleased to say that at some point, and I please emphasize some point, uh, post-Easter, Man on the Edge, season two will run, okay? It's just so with it, right? But today we are launching a new teaching series that kind of explores and considers how do we relate to each other? How do we behave towards one another as church? Uh, back in September, we spent four Sundays revisiting our vision to be a church without walls, an intentional place of belonging, multiplying, serving, and going. And in terms of belonging, we talked about church as community. We talked about church as family. We talked about church as a body. We are the body of Christ. There are lots of us, but we're all connected. We're all in this together. Or as God's word expresses it, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And so we belong to Jesus. We are in Christ. We are united with him now and forever in this mystical union. But we are also members of one another. You cannot commit your life to Jesus without committing your life to the people of God, universally and locally. Commitment to Jesus is commitment to the body. They are not two separate things, but one and the same. And as the body of Christ, as members of one another, we are urged and we are encouraged and we're taught to live together and relate to one another in very definite and explicit ways and terms. And so to say that this matters and that this is important would be an understatement. In fact, our present and our future as a local church depends on us getting this. Now, what I want to do this morning is, is, is give you a three-word sermon. Here is today in a nutshell. Here is today's core text in one sentence. In fact, here is the whole series summed up in three words. But before I reveal the three words, let me uh, make a comment about people who preach. Sometimes we, and, and so I'm personalizing this, sometimes we need to be very careful. Because some weeks, in order to secure the attention of a congregation, we use a variety of creative rhetorical devices to engage people with a text. And so people like me tell stories. We dramatize it. We connect what we're saying, or at least we try to connect what we're saying to current culture. We'll do whatever it takes to hopefully capture people's, to capture your attention. But there's a real danger in that. A real danger. Because sometimes in all of this, a sermon can run the risk of becoming another means of avoiding the text rather than listening to the text. And so this morning, I don't really want anyone to leave here saying that was a good, bad, or indifferent sermon. But I do 
want us to leave here having clearly listened to the biblical text or texts. And so I don't want you to leave here remembering my voice. But I pray that God's voice would be ringing in your ears as you walk out those doors in half an hour. So here are my three words. Love one another. Not my words. You've heard it before numerous times. They're a bit of a disappointment to some of you already. We're really expecting something revolutionary and brilliant and creative. And that's it. But what does it actually mean? What does it look like? I mean, these kind of phrases are great to say, and we all know, but what does it actually look like in the body of Christ? What does it look like in this place? What does it look like in this church? Well, that's what we're going to explore together. So if you have a Bible, can I invite you to turn with me to John 15? I think it's page 1083. Uh, John 15, page 1083 in the Red Pew Bibles. We're going to break into the farewell speech of Jesus. This is his long goodbye which in John's gospel runs for five chapters. It actually lasts from 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Jesus knows that he doesn't have too much time left with his disciples, and therefore he needs to share some incredibly important information with them regarding his death, regarding the arrival of another helper who is going to be with them forever, that is the Holy Spirit, and then regarding how they should actually live with each other from now on. And Jesus needs to get this information across to them before he goes. Jesus doesn't suggest that they live like this from now on. He actually, in chapter 13, describes it as a new commandment that he's given to them. And in chapter 15 here, he returns to it. So let's stand together for the public reading of God's word. His inspired living and dynamic.